Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Thank you for joining me and welcome back. So we're in February, guys. February, Black History Month, Power to the People. Um, This is the shortest month of the year, although this year, the month is longer because we are in a leap year. So we will experience February 29th this year. Um, Happy birthday to all those people born on that day who only get to see their birthday on the calendar every four years. Happy birthday to those folks. Um, So February was when we decided as a group, as a collective group, that we were going to be able to restart and get started on some of the goals that we wanted for 2020. And a big part of that has to do with the fact that if you didn't spend a lot of time preparing at the end of 2019, then it was unrealistic to think you were going to hit the ground running in 2020 in the month of January. So we had discussed using January as a planning month, um, lining up the things, deciding what your goals were, deciding how you were going to attack those goals and using February to kind of kick those goals off. So I don't know about you, but February hit me really fast. I, I had such a busy January um, traveling um, a lot in the month of January. And so February 1st came on a Saturday and it just kind of came out of nowhere to me. But I was like, you know what? It is February. I'm going to stay on track. So today being February 4th, can't believe that already. Um, I'm trying to get myself into the groove of the things that I wanted to do. One of which was that I wanted to start working out more regularly in, 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 the, in the year 2020. I want to start working out more regularly. And so Yesterday, I packed my bag and took it with me to work um, so that I could do um, so I could go work out after work. I didn't end up doing that because there were circumstances that led to that. But I started on the right path of packing my clothes so I could go work out. Um, I realized something important about myself yesterday. I don't like to work out after work. I don't like working out in the evening. I like working out in the morning. And it's hard for me because of where I live, the proximity to where I want to work out and all those things. And so I'm going to have to make some considerations about at home workouts because I can't, I like to get up. I get up very early. I spend, I'm up like three hours before it's time for me to even begin getting dressed to leave the house. And I could use that time to work out, but I cannot, like, I don't have any place close to where I live that I want to work out at. And so, um, it's really, I'm going to have to think about some investments into some home workouts. I had been looking at the Peloton bike. People seem to love it. I'm not that big of a spin person, but I could see where I could, I can enjoy that in my house rather than in a spin, spin facility. So, and I used to love spin. I just don't like soul cycle and that's a whole nother thing. But so I was thinking about that. I was looking at the cost on that um, and seeing if that was something that I wanted to invest in. I looked at some other at-home machines. I'm concerned about getting a machine like that and then waste, like feeling like it's being wasted by not um, me not using it enough. Um, but the same, I have the same feeling about a gym membership. I feel like the same thing. So it's 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 going to be an investment regardless. I had a gym membership in 2020 um, and I got rid of it because I wasn't going Um, and that's one thing that you can do with a gym membership. You can get it and then cancel it when you're not going to go. Whereas, um, whereas with a piece of equipment, if I buy it or whatever, it's here and I'm paying for it, even though I'm not using it. So it's a question mark I have to think about, but, um, something that I want to consider for the new year, because, you know, this whole working out thing is important to me. I'm turning 40 this year, um, excuse me, I'm turning 40 this year. I want to be able to be in shape by my birthday party. Um, it's not really as much about losing weight, but I feel like I'm going to tone my body. I've already adjusted my eating. I've been on a really good meal prep all year. Um, you know, catching myself 
even when I'm out, I was traveling a lot and still trying to do better, make better choices. But when I'm home and going to work, it's been like strict meal prep. It saved me money because in the last months of 2019, I was ordering food every day, $25 a day. So it was really costing me a lot of money. So for the month of January, I saw the difference in that, whereas I wasn't even ordering anything. I was bringing my lunch every day, which really helped. And my food was prepped when I got home. So that was making it so I was not spending money out on food unless it was like the weekend and I was going out to dinner or something like that. So, um, that is really something that, you know, it takes 21 days to form a habit. So once I got settled into that, um, it really is an easy thing to stick with. I don't have a problem with eating similar things like every day. So that doesn't give me an issue as far as lunch. I can have a salad every day. Um, as long as I'm going to have hot food for dinner, I can rationalize that I'm having a salad for lunch. Um, I've been really good with my breakfast, not buying, you know, any of those kind of terrible breakfast suits. So that's been good. I've been feeling less bloated coming down some pounds on the on the weight and then I go on a trip and drink champagne for three days and then you know you feel like the bloat comes back so it's all about balance um but really using the month of January was the the planning phase and now it's really the execution so getting getting that stuff executed this episode today I wanted to talk about a little bit about the um, a few things um the plan was to talk extensively about um my financial plans for 2020 um, we're going to talk some about that, but I also want to talk first before we get to that about this meme that's been floating around um, two memes. One meme has been encouraging people to use their tax return to buy a passport, you know, and another meme was saying, basically, if you need your tax return to um, to buy a hundred thirty five dollar passport, then you need to do you don't need to go anywhere as far as traveling except work. So there's these two memes kind of floating around. You know, I have a problem with both of them. One is that, excuse me, my voice is kind of going in and out. So I apologize for that. Um, So one of them is that you're, you know, I have an episode, I think episode eight or seven of this podcast. And and mind you, this is episode 187. So going back two years, I did a whole episode on why your tax return is not a windfall and all the different things that you can do with your tax return. So there's a lot that you can do with your tax return and and much of it doesn't have anything to do with buying a passport. But if on your list of things to do is that you want to get your passport and you're waiting until you get an extra influx of money that comes back to you for your tax return, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's an elitist attitude that people can have around what people should have to save for and what they shouldn't have to save for. Depending on what your income is and how much money you have saved and where you are financially, if you want to make a $135 expense um, purchase, no matter what it's for, if you need to save for that, there's nothing wrong with that because that could just be the circumstance that you have. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone's not going to need to save for that. Some people, you know, don't have to do that. Some people do, and there should be no shame in either one. Anything that you decide that you need and you have to save for and you choose to save for it or wait until you find have the money for it, there's nothing wrong with that. Because there are many people who can't afford to buy a $135 thing are buying it anyway and putting themselves in financial in a financial bind to do it. So there shouldn't be like shaming. We shouldn't shame people who are, are saying, let me, I'm going to wait until I get an influx of money to do something. On the flip side, you know, we also have to stop this idea that not having a passport is some sort of um, thing people should also be ashamed of. According to the U.S. government, um, the U.S. Borders and Customs, only 
30% of the U.S. population even has, even possesses passports, 30%. So the idea that everyone's walking around with a passport is a lie. If you're sitting in a room, one in three of you has a passport. If you're in a room with three people, only one of you has a passport. So the idea that everyone has a passport now, circumstantially, the people you know, the people who are in your life, yes, maybe all those people have passports. And off the top of my mind right now, I can't think of any one of my close friends or family that doesn't have a passport, right? Well, maybe one, I can think of one person. And that's not because maybe they don't want the passport, they don't have it for other circumstantial reasons. But I don't know a lot of people who don't have a passport. I know people whose passports have expired. Um, but I know people who've been traveling for a long time. I also live in New York City, a place of people who have families who are immigrants, people who got passports because they went back home, people who travel a lot more because of, of, of accessibility to different places. But if you go into the Midwest and some parts of the down South and places that are not on the coast, you meet people who've never left the Midwest, who've never seen a beach ever, who've never gone outside. Like those people exist. And there's, and, and so you can't, I this idea that everyone has a passport and people should be shamed when they don't is silly. A passport is something that you'd have to want to spend money to get, and then you're using it to spend more money to travel. If that's not on your list of things to do, then there's no reason for you to have a passport. A passport is not like a piece of ID or a license that everyone has to have. A passport is, the, uh, is something that allows you to travel outside this country. If that's not on your list of things to do, then you, you, don't, you don't have a passport. And people shouldn't shame each other for that. You know, there's a lot of things that we're looking to do that would make everyone elite. People want to be elitist. People want to have more than someone else. They want to be able to look down on other people. And if you're looking at down on someone simply because they don't have a passport, you, you, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. Like you're, you're, that sucks. That's a shitty way to be. So I think the whole idea of it is, 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 a, is misguided in the sense that we're shaming people who are saving or waiting until they get their tax return to, to buy something when we really want to encourage people to not spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need. Um, and, and we're also making it seem as though pa having a passport is something that everyone should have when, again, 30% of the population of the United States of America has a passport. That, that leaves another 70% who don't. So it's, it's in your own family, the majority of the people in your family don't have a passport statistically. So we need to cut, the, cut that out. Um, I saw that, and, you know, and that brings up the other conversation about the tax return, which we're going to do an episode on that probably next week, which is that people, you know, tax returns have decreased so substantially in the last two years um, because of the different laws and tax and tax plans that were changed under this new administration. People began to see it last year in 2019, where tax returns in 2019 had decreased had decreased by um, 9% from the prior year, the, the actual amount of the tax return. On average, the refund and from 2019 was $1,900, whereas the previous years, um, it had been more around $2,500 um, on average. So people are seeing less dollar um, dollars in their tax returns. There are also less people actually getting refunds. And so people, 16% less people, received the tax received the tax refund that last year than had the, the previous year and that trend will continue so in 2020 it's time we're ready to file our taxes for 2019 and you will see that your tax return your tax refund will be even smaller than it was in the prior year and um less and less of you will actually get a tax refund if your if your finances for the last five years ten years 
excuse me, have been planned and predicated on you getting a tax refund. And you, and particularly what we talked about many years over and over again is that utilizing Christmas and, and, and charging up your credit cards with the anticipation of a tax refund. This is the time where you're going to get hit really hard. Smaller tax refund. Some, in some instances, no tax refund. In some instances, owing the IRS. And it's important now that you understand what those circumstances are that are leading to that so you can make adjustments right now for 2020 so you don't end up in the same position. Um, you know, it's important that we focus on that because you're, you, if you if you spend up a bunch of money in December thinking you're going to get a tax refund and then you don't get it, you're going to be really in a bad financial way for the rest of the, the year that's, that's, that's approaching. The other part of this as well is that um, as your children get older, so when your children are younger and you make less money, you get bigger tax refunds. As you begin to increase your income and your children get older, they become less and less valuable as far as dependents go because what the cost of their dependency as they get older goes down, they you get less credits for childcare and things like that once they're older and they're in school. So your tax refunds as they get older are going to continue to decrease. And so again, if you are someone who is dependent upon that refund to kind of jumpstart you in the new year, understand that this is the time and with this new administration and what the changes they made to the tax law, where you're gonna see less and less money in that tax refund and therefore some of those plans you made are going to get nixed and you're going to end up in a bad situation so let's try to plan ahead um, and do your taxes early so you can see what that is and so you can plan accordingly um so as besides the taxes and the shame of the internet um which is trash from on most days um for myself i wanted to talk about my own financial plans for 2020 and what i wanted to do um, for this year financially. So I've talked to you guys a bunch about um, my, I have an aggressive savings plan where I save, um, I, I save aggressively from my paycheck into two separate, um, save three separate, sorry, three separate savings accounts um, because I want to spread the money out. So one, it doesn't feel like a lump sum is coming out and going to one place. This is all mental for me. So just go with me. The first deduction comes straight out of my paycheck before my paycheck, excuse me, <clears throat> before my paycheck is even deposited into my bank account, a deduction is taken from that money and put into my credit, um, into my credit union for savings. I have a credit union account that I do not um, have access to unless I go to the teller. I don't have an ATM card. I don't have mobile banking. And that's also deliberate. I don't want to access that money unless I'm being very so deliberate that I will go inside of a, of a bank branch, a, a credit union branch, which if you've been to a credit union, you know that is like hell. Wait online and see a teller. Um, that's how much I need to access. I would need to access that money. Um, that That's how bad I want um, the desire to get that money to be for me to have to, for me to get it. So, I have a deduction that comes straight out of my paycheck before I even see my check that goes into there. That's every other, every other week or biweekly when I get paid, that money goes into there and sits there. Um, that account has accumulated into the largest of the accounts because again, I don't touch it very often because I don't have time or space or energy to be dealing with no credit union. Second, second I have an, a, a savings account that is outside of my normal banking account with a separate bank that I, that I have a savings account with. Um, that money is deducted at on the same day as my payday. And that money goes straight into that account. On a third, I have a savings account with my bank that I bank with. 
meaning the bank that I have my general banking that I go with every day, my checking account, I have a savings account with them. We're also on the same day as payday. There's a deduction from there that goes in to that account. So the levels on these accounts are, are different, right? The first account, the first account that I talked about the credit union is interest bearing and I receive, so it's very low interest, but it's interest bearing. The second account is also interest bearing. The third account is not, it's just a savings account with my current bank where it's not interest bearing. The least contribution goes to the one without the interest. But that account is there because if I do need to make a move, if I do need um, quick access to money that's in my savings, that account is there. I also contribute the least amount to that account. Um, because it's, but it's just there as accessible if necessary. The second account, which is the middle one, which is at a bank that I do have access to on a mobile. I don't have an ATM card. Um, I don't even know where the, I haven't been to a bank branch for that um, bank in a really long time, but I have a mobile account that I can do transfers from. Um, and I utilize that if there's something that comes up and I need to um, make a larger deduction from my savings for a reason. Um, there are times when I make plans for something that, cause I've been saving, I say, okay, like when I got my front porch entryway done, I knew I was gonna pay for that through my savings in that middle account. And so when it was time to do that, I was able to do a transfer and, and put the money so I could make the payments. Um, you know, or the first account, I said, okay, I'm saving that for travel. So when I travel, I'll go there and transfer money and stuff so that I can pay for the credit card bill for the travel. So I plan to spend my savings it, it when, because I'm saving towards different things, but I use the different accounts to, to decide how I'm going to save, um, towards different things and based on the accessibility of the money. <laughs> Multiple bank accounts are important to me. I've always said this. Um, I know that it's hard because accounts, bank accounts have fees. Um, so you try to find ones that don't have fees. Um, neither, neither one of the two, two out of the three savings accounts that I have do not have fees. Um, and those accounts, I utilize those because it's important to me that you have money in different places. Um, there, there's a lot of financial fraud that goes on, a lot of um, things, identity theft, you use your debit card. I mean, I'm really, and my sister will tell you, I'm really strict about my debit card. I rarely use my pen when I'm shopping anywhere. I, I, like, I will, everything goes as credit. And I only bank as far as taking money out of the ATM at my bank's ATM. Like I will drive miles. I will, I will do anything other than, than to ever use an ATM that's not my bank. Like, because those are how you get into those issues of people hacking your account. So I don't, I don't mess with that. And I don't use my pen anywhere um, except my bank. So when I, I'll swipe for $5, I'll swipe for $50, I use credit. And if they don't let me use credit, I'll change and use a credit card. Um, and that's just because I know that that's a way for that to happen. But I also like to have money spread out. So when you're using your, your debit card, if debit cards, you know, you're using it everywhere. You're shopping with it, et cetera. It is more, um, there's more access to, to, to opportunity to fraud with that. So I always use, um, I always like to have the money spread out in case, God forbid, there's a fraud on your account and things are frozen. You still have access to money in other places so that you're not totally screwed um, in the meantime while the bank is trying to figure everything out. That's a safety net thing for me. Take that if you're interested, if you feel about, even if you put small amounts someplace else, if something happens, there's money someplace else that you can get to. I am also very old school in the way that I keep cash you know, cash around. It's important because, um, you know, I remember the blackout of 20, oh God, what was that? 2003, I think 2003, the blackout in New York and when you couldn't get to the ATMs. And if you don't have any cash, I mean, it was during Hurricane Sandy, 
things was hard to get to if you don't have any cash places only taking cash you can so you know at least at a minimum just have twenty dollars around in your house an emergency 20 in your wallet somewhere or somewhere where if you lost your wallet you could get a cab or you could you know get on a train or something you should just have something around because you don't want to be so reliant upon cards and things like that because technology can always backfire so I'm, I'm big on that keep change around anything like that um so as far as the the savings go you know I my goal for 2020 was to increase my my contribution to all of those savings that um, I mentioned to you all three of those accounts um, and it's important for that because I wanted to continue to build up my savings. I had spent some of it at the end of the year on different things and projects. So I wanted to build it back up and have it be even bigger. If, we, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, for me, savings is a safety thing for me. It makes me feel like I'm safe when I know that I have, you know, kind of some savings in the bank in case something happens or if in case something comes up. I've also explained to you guys in the past, I carry one credit card. Now I have about five credit cards, but there's no balance on any of the other four. I just have one credit card that I utilize and um, I utilize that and all the time. And that's the one that I use. I get miles from it and et cetera, et cetera. So I use that all the time. It's my American Express. Um, in the last couple of months of 2019, your girl was swiping that Amex a little more than she should have. So when I got to the beginning of 2020, I said, oh, girl, you need to slow yourself down um, because I had done a couple of things. I bought, you know, I bought myself a, a bag as a gift for my birthday um, and, and disclosure. I bought myself a, a Gucci bag and I, I I charged it on my credit card. And, you know, the idea was like, you know what? It's fine. I can afford it. I can pay for it. And I it took me about two weeks to go in and actually transfer the money so that I could pay pay that part of the credit card off. And I realized at that moment that when in doing that, I was depleting my savings in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. So I did it because I knew I needed to. I didn't want to carry the debt on the credit card, but it was just like, damn, you know? Um, and again, your girl had fun, okay? The last December and then all of January, I had fun. So the other day I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine. She asked me about something to do. And it was something that normally I would say yes to. And I said, uh, no. And I said it truthfully. I said, listen, I can't afford to do that right now. I have been wilding for the last six weeks. I need to calm down, reset. I wanted to bring that up to you guys because even as the person who sits here on this microphone and talks to you about financial emancipation, financial freedom, and what, you know, what the things that, that need to be done in order to maintain and have financial freedom, I make financial mistakes as well. I make it, I, I, I'm not as much of an impulse shopper as some other, some other people may be or that I had been in my past. Um, but there are times when there are things that I just decide I want. It's rare because I, I just don't, that's just not my thing. But then when it happens, it usually is something very expensive. <laughs> it's usually something very expensive. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of, of, of work on that to say, you know, Malik, you know, you have to, you, you same thing. I always tell you guys, you have to plan and plan. And I planned, I said, I talked about buying this bag for three months and then I just went and bought it. And, you know, I could have not bought the bag, but I wanted it and I have the bag and I'm very happy with, <laughs> with the bag. But, you know, it, it's when you spend money and you're saying to yourself, 
what are your true financial goals? My goals, my true, my real financial goals, my real, my biggest financial goal, which I'll disclose to you now, is to buy a second home. I want to buy an investment property where I can um, Airbnb and also have a second home for myself and my family to travel to. Because um, one of the big goals for me for my decade of forty is to spend a lot more um, kind of family time. But being able to travel and do it, but not have to spend so much money. So having a second home will do that. So I want to have a second home in the mountains. I like, you know, you guys know I like winter sports. I like skiing and all that stuff. I'm, I'm deciding I want to take skiing lessons in the next um, winter season. So I want to have a home to do that. And, and I want to purchase one of these homes and renovate it and have it as an Airbnb. That is my goal. That's going to require down payment money. That's going to require money to to fix up things. Um and and you know front money in order to, to do this so and it's going to require you know that I'm really focused on on that rather than on things like buying a bag <laughs> so I didn't really as much as that was my goal for 2020 I didn't end 2019 focus on that goal because I started spending a lot of money again it was the holidays it was a festive time I was having a good time I had things I wanted I decided I wanted a new car because I was fed up with my other car and so I, I had gone for years without a car payment and then I got a new car and now I have a car payment. You know, I decided that um, impulsively a little bit because of my car was making a noise. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm just going to go and get a new car. And that's what I did. And, you know, uh, could I have gone another year without a car? No, absolutely. Would it have been more advantageous to my financial goals to do that? Absolutely. Um, but I didn't do that. And again, this is the full disclosure I want to have. I didn't do that. I went with what I wanted and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go with this. I want a new car. I'm tired of this other car. I don't want to deal with car problems. Um, and so I got a new car. Um, and I don't regret getting a new car because I'm happy with the car I purchased. I didn't get the car I actually wanted, which I wanted to step up into a luxury car. I wanted to get a, an Audi. Um, but I talked to the Audi dealership and when they was talking about a $900 car payment, that's when I said, you know, we ain't doing that. Mm-mm. That's what we're not doing. So I settled for the upgraded version of the car that I had. I got a 2020 of my car uh, and I had a car note. That's reasonable. My car payment is less than $500, which is by always my rule. Like a car payment needs to be that. Um, but I would prefer, I would prefer to have no car payment, but you know, that's not life or that's not the life I chose. I made a choice. So I have to really buckle down now in the month of February. I mean, the not eating out is a good thing. The not spending money on lunch. But I have to really buckle down because if for the, my goal for the summer, because the reason I want to buy the house in the summer is because I want to be able to use this, the warmer months in the mountains to renovate the house and do anything I need to do so that it can be ready for next season, which is the, the next winter season, is that I have to buckle down, right? But I have to buckle down during the same year that everyone I know is turning 40. All of my friends are turning 40. I myself am turning 40 at the end of the year. I'm going to have a big party. My godson is going to college. Um, so I've been running around with him going on school visits. And that's going to be costly. It's between graduation and prom and parties and gifts and everything. And so I'm in a bind, right? Of like saying to myself, I want to buckle down more aggressive with my savings. And I want to pay down my credit card bill. And I want to do all of these things that require a lot of sacrifice. And at the same time, I'm being pulled in the direction of all the things that I want to do to celebrate all of the major milestones that are occurring this year that I'm very excited about, very happy about, and also hitting another another goal that I have for my life, which happens to be a financial goal, but it's also a life goal. And the reason I want to discuss that, I'm very torn right now between what I should do as far as doing the right thing for my long-term financial stability and doing the right thing 
for my short-term happiness and, and celebration and milestones and being happy and enjoying my life and my family. And it happens like that. That happens even to the most responsible of people or the most, like, this happens. This push and pull that we have when it comes to money, when it comes to any goal, it happens. And and for me, it's happening now because I, I have a lot of things I want to do and I have to be realistic with myself about the limitations of what I can do. And in trying to do everything, I would find myself in a really bad way. And I have to decide what's the most important thing to me. Is paying down the debt the most important thing, right? Making sure that my credit card balance remains low. You know, my credit score is good right now, but it can suffer if I let too much debt linger. Um, is it is it that? Is it is it really just pushing pushing through and going towards the goal of getting the investment property because it will make money and return money back to me? Is that the is that something that I should just push through? Instead of saying, pushing it off to the following year, um, because I want to just be super duper responsible about everything. Um, is it time for me to like cut off and say, I'm not going to do, is this the right year to say, I'm not going to participate in all these other things that are going to be costly to celebrate my friend's milestones. Is this the right time for that? And the question becomes emotionally, can I handle that? You know, I've, I've been very, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact of how short life is. I mean, you guys know this. I mean, I lost my mother at 19 years old. She was 45. I'm very conscious of how short life can be. And, you know, that my mother had friends and I, you know, it took me a while to grow up to remember that that my mother had friends. And, and when she died, when she was 45, her friends were left without their friend. And, and I have some really close friendships and I would hate to lose any of them. I want us to all like die in fucking shady pine somewhere old and 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 still cackling about stuff we did when we were 15 but the reality is that some of that might not be the case and I don't want to miss years and times and milestones with these people who I love very much and who are my family I don't want to miss those things and so the question becomes what do you do what do I do you know and I wanted to have this conversation with you guys because it's a full disclosure thing it's like I am struggling with that because I could continue on this very aggressive path on on, and getting financially stable for a life that's so far in the future you know, and, 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 and that's not to say I, I still obviously contribute to my savings. I contribute to my retirement. I've, I've increased those contribute contributions to my retirement so that, um, for the long-term future, I'm there, you know, I have all of these things set up, but it's just about the, the middle of the road future, which is the next five years. Where do I want to be? And what do I want to have? And am I willing to sacrifice the time and, and stuff with my family and friends or participating in those things now in order for something in the future when time is so short and so fleeting and, and I can miss out on, on those moments. So that's the kind of quagmire that I'm in right now. Um, and by the time we get to the next episode, I'll have some more discussion for you about how I'm processing that and some different moves I'm making as it relates to that, what I'm willing to sacrifice and what I'm not. Um, and, and really kind of decide how I'm going to move forward for the rest of 2020 um, to see how that goes. You know, look, life is to be lived. I am not, I will never dispute that. Um, and life is short until it's long, right? So you, we can all plan for short lives, but then if you don't, if your life isn't short and you didn't plan, it screws you. So we have to live in this middle of the road place where we plan for a short, we plan for a long life and we live for a short one. And that is the hardest thing to do, but the most important thing to do. You plan as if your life is going to be short. I'm sorry. You plan as if your life is going to be long, but you live as if your life is going to be short. And it, sometimes that is in direct conflict with each other. And sometimes you find yourself in moments like I'm in right now, 
which is where you have to decide the at what moment which thing is the most important and 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 make your decisions accordingly so i wanted to have that conversation with you guys it was helpful for me to have it with myself so thank you for listening um, and in the next couple of episodes, we're going to go over some more stuff about taxes and tax returns. We're going to talk a little bit about love and relationships as it relates to money again, because it is this month of love. Um, we're going to talk about some issues with race and money. Um, if you see on my Instagram, I posted about um, the percentages of people of color that are in poverty and how that is a, this, um, they're disproportionately represented in poverty as they are in the population. We'll talk about that because this is Black History Month. Um, and anything else that you want to discuss, I'm going to attend a few events this month. I'm really excited about that. I'll be attending, I'll be actually attending an event at the, in the middle of this month hosted by the Royal Sea Project, which is um, about the love and money, which is about love and relationships and finances. And so I'll be at that event. I'm really excited about that. And I'll update you guys on that after I attend. Really excited about that. Any other events like that, if you know of those kind of events or you have um, folks who have events like that, please feel free to invite me. I would love to attend. Um, Just attend as a guest. If you're interested in having someone to speak about these kind of things, I would love to do that. I'm very interested in that. Um, So we can continue to just kind of share and talk about these things. Um, I thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't already done so, head on over to Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Um, feel free to email me at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K, at thefinancialemancipation.com. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm getting a lot of feedback on folks who are listening to the podcast. I love it. If you're listening, tag it on Instagram. Tag me. Um, show that you're listening to it so I can repost it. If you have a friend who is, has interest in this type of topic, share the podcast with them. Listen on Spotify. You can share it in your Insta stories. And also... If you have, you know, things that you would like to, to me to talk about or, or questions that you have and you want to hear me talk about them, feel free to send me an email about them. I'll talk about them either in my Insta stories and videos or I'll talk about them on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope that you'll continue to listen and be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Happy Black History Month. Happy February and have a great day.